0: The world is watching. Team USA battles
1: Team Europe at Inverness Club in Northwest Ohio. And all Andy Alfred has you covered. We'll be on the course covering from practice round to the championship ceremony that takes place Labor Day weekend in Northwest Ohio.
0: The best golfer from Team USA and the best Europeans head out to Inverness to see who will lift that
1: trophy, that beautiful Waterford Crystal Trophy. We'll be on the course Thursday and Saturday to give you all the stats, as well as on Championship Monday. Get your tickets by going to solheimcup.com, or better yet, just listen to the coverage right here on All Andy Alfred, the Solheim Cup 2021. The world is watching. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight. On the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at allandyelford. It is at allandyelford and Facebook.com/slash allandyelford. A great week of fun and sun. And exciting things to come right here on All Andy Alfred. The Tigers and Indians battled in Detroit, and the Guardians slash tribe got the better end of the deal. Now Cleveland heads north to Minnesota, the battle of the Twins, while Detroit hosts Otani and the Halos. The Reds keep on winning, and they win in Philly, and Joey Votto. Does history last night? The Hens return home for 13 games. Excuse me, 12 games in 13 days. 14 days, to be exact. The LOL Lions return with a new coach and a new quarterback. While Cleveland spoils Urban Meyer's start to the NFL run. The Olympics are done. Team USA has won the most gold and the most medals as well. We're headed down that road, folks. We're two, three weeks out from the Solheim Cup. We got some news and information about that. And so much more, tonight, on another edition of All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back?
0: All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. Twenty-four runs in the span of really shutout. Dumpling. Hit to a home run. Go. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Two, two, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say
1: ah, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred, right here on your exclusive home for me, and that is the Anchor Network, and that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you. For the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. You can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at alfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And like I said, for however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me your time, the opportunity to give you what's happening in the sports world, as well as what's happening in my life. So welcome into the program tonight. First and foremost, before we begin, I want to thank you, the listeners, for a great last week of sh- shows. Uh, uh, Nick was a great guest to have on the program. I want to thank my old broadcast partner, Nick the Money Man Devera for coming in and doing the interview with us over Skype. It was a great interview. We had a a lot of good positive feedback from it, Um, and it was fun. It was absolutely fun. I know it's one of those longer episodes. A lot of fans really don't like it, but, you know, a lot of information was passed between the two of us. We enjoyed talking about sports. We enjoyed talking about what's happening in our lives, It is just, you know, it's good to have a good, reliable source like that, and you can always follow his stuff on his Twitter account, and we'll share that as well on the program. We'll share that in the info box when you're listening to the podcast tonight. A lot to get into tonight, of course. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening on the the ice, what's regarding of the Jackets, as well as what's happening in the NHL. We'll also dive into preseason NFL football. I don't like talking about it, but... Something really got in my crawl from this past weekend, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. We'll also break down the college football top 25 AP poll comes out, and you'll hear from uh, head coach Scott Leffler from the Bowling Green State University Falcons football team as he was talking about his practices as the team gets ready for their starting of their season against Tennessee at Tennessee at Rocky Top. So it'll be interesting to see how that's going to shape up. As well as previewing the Mud Hens, as well a huge homestand coming forward—12 games in the next 14 days for the Mud Hens—and we'll get into all that and some new additions to the team as well. So welcome into the program and let's get right on to the Diamond, of course. And speaking of which, we'll start with what's happened this past weekend in Detroit. The Tigers battled the Cleveland Indians, who are the—or excuse me—the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. As they got ready for a big series coming off of somewhat of a, you know, sweeping Baltimore was one nice thing for Detroit. It was. It was nice to see them winning three, three straight against Baltimore in Baltimore and Mickey getting the 499. He's at 499 right now going into tonight's play against the Angels. Uh, I was hoping that he would get it this past weekend, but there's a little bit of me that's thinking he's going to get it in this homestand with the Angels, and I'll I'll share, I'll share why here in a minute. But let's recap the weekend that was as the Indians came into Comerica Park and took the first game of the series against the Tigers by a score of seven to four. Please sack the win. He goes to seven to four with a four point six four ERA. Alexander, the loss, he goes down to 2-2 two and two with a 4.57 ERA. Cabrera, not a good game for him, but Plesak's getting Cleveland on the right footing in this series as it was Clement homering twice, his first and second of the season. He had a 2 homer game. Chang homering four, Cleveland his third of the season. It was Eric Haas, his 19th homer of the season, and Nunez his fourth of the season for the Detroit Tigers. In the game, Alexander going five innings strong, uh, six hits, four runs. All four were earned, no walks, four strikeouts, and one home run he gave up to Clement in his outing. For Plesak, he went seven and two-thirds innings pitch. He was five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, no walks, nine strikeouts. He gave up one home run, the home run to Eric Haas in his outing. On Friday night, time of the game, 2 hours, 57 minutes, 22,107 in attendance at Comerica Park for game one of the series. The Tigers did get the better half of them on Saturday with a big 6-4 win over the Cleveland Indians as it was a big in it, big hit in the bottom of the eighth inning, sporting out with a bases loaded single, with scoring two runs there. And it was Jamer Candelaria the only home run hit in the game as Haas provided the spark to help out the Tigers for a big 6-4 win. As Michael Fulmer gets the win, he goes to 5-4 with a 3.33 ERA. Brad Shaw, the loss, he goes to 5-6 with a 3.21 ERA. Soto, the save, his 15th of the season. Like I mentioned, Candelario homering for the Tigers, his 9th of the season for the Tigers in the game. It was Willie Peralta starting. He went four and two-thirds innings pitch, six hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned. Three walks, six strikeouts. His ERA now a 3.70. Fulmer, an inning pitch, no hits, no runs. One walk, two strikeouts. He'll get the win, Soto, the save. He went an innings pitch, two strikeouts. For the Indians in this game, it was... It was Hedges starting. He went two innings, only four hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned. No walks. Three strikeouts. He gave up the one home run to Candelaria. But Shaw was the loss. He had he gave only an inning, a third of an inning pitch, Three hits, two runs. All two runs were earned. One walk and one strikeout. His ERA a three point two one. ERA time of the game three hours and twenty seven minutes thirty two thousand eight hundred and forty five in attendance at Comerica Park. So could the Tigers take two or three from the Tribe? They hit the wall, my friends, on Sunday as McKenzie just torched the Tigers as it was Tristan McKenzie. A beautiful gem of an outing for him going the full distance, full length. Good outing for him. He went eight innings strong, only giving up one hit. He almost had a no-hitter, no runs, none earned, no walks, 11 strikeouts in his outing. His ERA now a 5.12 ERA. He was so close to the no-hitter, I could taste it. I could honestly taste it. As it was the Tribe spanking the Tigers by a score of 11-0, and the Cleveland Indians taking 2-3 of from the Tigers. At Comerica Park. Hutchinson the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 10.08 ERA. The Tigers did not have any home runs because they did not put up any on the board. Uh, Jose Ramirez homering his 26th of the season for Hutchinson. He only lasted an inning of two-thirds. Five hits, six runs, two of which were earned. Three walks, one strikeout. He gave up the one home run to... Ramirez, his 26th of the season. Time of the game, 2 hours and 51 minutes, 25,684 in attendance at Comerica Park. So the Tigers now welcome in Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for a quick three-game series before they will then hit the road for three games in Toronto, then two games in St. Louis. Tonight on the bump, it will be a 7-10 start. It will be Bundy on the hill, 2-9 with a 6.17 ERA. It will be Casey Mize for the Tigers. He is 6-6 with a 3.66 ERA. It is a 7-10 start time for that one. Wednesday is the game. If anybody wants to go, this is the game to go to. Shohei on the mound at Comerica Park. Shohei 7-1 with a 2.93 ERA. He'll take on Scoble, who's 8-10 with a 4.10 ERA, 7-10 first pitch time for that one. The concluding game Thursday is the one I will be in attendance for at Comerica Park. My one trip to Comerica this year, I get to see the Angels. Hopefully, Otani will be hitting in the DH spot. It will be Sandoval on the bump for the Angels. He's 3-6 with a 3.62 ERA. He'll take on Matt Manning. Who is three and five with a six point one zero ERA? One ten start time. You can watch and listen to all the game watch the games all on Valley Sports Detroit as well as Bally Sports West in LA. So, after the Tigers, like I said, will play the Angels for three. They'll go to Toronto for three, St. Louis for two. They will come back home for three against Toronto. One makeup game, a two ten start time on the 30th of August against the Twins before they welcome in the athletics for three games. And then for Labor Day weekend, they will be three games at Cincinnati and then three games in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be an interesting ride for the Tigers. Not so much for the tribe. The Indians, after their big series, I win against Detroit. They now are in Minnesota for a three game series. They, they, Unfortunately, on Monday night, fell to the Twins in game one of the series, losing in extra innings by a score of five to four. The wing goes to bar. He's now five and oh with a 3.74 ERA. Wing guard in the loss, he goes to two and six with a 4.40 ERA. And let me just tell you something, too, folks uh, Bradley Zimmer homering for the tribe, his fifth of the season for the Twins. In the game, it was Kepler, his 16th of the season, as well as Jeffler's, his 11th of the season. Uh, for the Tribe on the Hill, it was Pintel. Five innings pitch, eight hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned. One walk, four strikeouts. He gave up the one home run to Kepler. But like I said, Wingard in the loss, he only went an inning and a third pitch. Three hits, the one run he gave up in the extra frame. No walks. Three, three walks, no strikeouts, no home runs, and to to Indians fans, I I just say this. Why are you? Why are we dealing with this guy? He seems to blow every single game that the that the tribe, slash Guardians. Every time he goes out. So him and Bradshaw are the death of the bullpen at Progressive Field and with the Tribe. Wherever those two go out on the mound, you can either count up of a loss or you can count up that you're giving up the lead. Plain and simple. And it it, it kills it kills me to see that. It kills me to see that the, you know, how good this team is and how good like McKenzie is and how good that uh quintel is and how good all this rotation the rotation is fantastic just the bullpen can't get the job done they just can't get the job done and it's sad to see for the twins it was jacks on the hill six innings pitched seven hits four runs two of which were earned two walks three strikeouts he gave up the one home run to bradley zimmer Jax's era now a point. One one time of the game, three hours forty-three minutes, fifteen thousand six twenty-two in attendance at target field. So tonight the tribe will continue try to get back on the winning page. 810 first pitch. It will be Morgan on the Hill. One and five with a six point five two ERA for the tribe. On the bump for the twins, it'll be over. Who is one and one with a four point five three ERA? Like I said, eight ten start time on Bally Sports Great Lakes or Bally Sports North. The concluding game on Wednesday will see Dan will see Pleissig on the hill, seven four with a four point six four ERA. The Twins have not yet named the starter for the one ten start time on Wednesday afternoon. Then the Tribe will head back home for a nine game homestand, three games against the Angels, who the Tigers are facing this week, three games against Texas, and then three games against the Boston Red Sox. After the Boston series. They will then head to Kansas City for three straight, the 31st, the 1st, and 2nd of September. Then they will be in Boston for Labor Day weekend before returning home on Labor Day for four games against the Twins and then three games against the Brew Crew. And speaking of the Brew Crew, the team that is chasing after the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League Central are the Cincinnati Reds. And when the Reds are hot, they are red hot, folks. The Reds are red hot right now taking two of three from Philadelphia this past weekend. A huge series for the for the Red Legs as they got the job done in Philadelphia, my friends. And let's talk about this Philly series. On Friday night, a big 6-1 victory in the books for the Reds as Mally a great outing for him, but Joey Votto in the fourth inning, a three-run bomb to right center field, just clearing the bases after Nick Castellanos was plunked by a pitch. Votto, his 26th of the season, his, 200, his, his 1,999th hit as a Cincinnati Red, a huge outing for him, a big outing for him. Castellanos also homering for the Reds, his 20th of the season. Eugenio Suarez his 23rd of the season, as the Reds put up a six spot on the Phillies and beat them six to one. Malley, a gem of a ball game, he gets the win. He goes to 10 and three with a 3.58 ERA. Wheeler, the loss, he goes to 10 and seven with a 2.56 ERA. No home runs hit for the Phillies in this game. For the Reds, Malley, seven innings, three hits, no runs. Those no runs were earned, no walks, seven strikeouts. He gave up no home runs. His ERA, like I said, a 3.58 ERA. For the Phillies, it was Wheeler, the lost six innings strong, four hits, four runs, all of which were earned. One walk, six strikeouts. He gave up two home runs to Castellanos as well as Vado. Time of the game, 2 hours, 58 minutes. 26,074 in attendance at Citizens Bank Park. We get to Saturday's game and the Reds unfortunately give up the opposite to them. They lose 6-1 on Saturday as it was McCutcheon going deep as Matt Moore, a strong outing for him. He gets the win, he goes to 2-3 with a 6.07 ERA Louis again a struggle outing for him he goes to gets the loss he's now six and twelve with a four point five one e r a uh Tyler Stevenson home ring for the red legs the only run in the game for the Reds his eighth of the season Torres is 6th, and McCutcheon his twenty first of the season for the Reds in the game like I mentioned Casti- Louis Castillo six innings six and two thirds innings pitch five hits three runs those three runs were earned. Two walks, eight strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Torres, his sixth of the season. Dulo giving up the home run to McCutcheon, his 21st of the year. For more, six innings pitched, no hits, no runs, none earned. Two walks, eight strikeouts in his outing. Time of the game, two hours, 38 minutes, 25,100 in attendance at Great America, at uh, Citizens Bank Ballpark. We get to Sunday and Jonathan India. Cements it in for me, folks. He cements it. He cements it last night. He cements it on Sunday. He cements it all the way for me all season. This kid is the rookie of the year in the National League. Plain and simple. Should be the rookie of the year in MLB because this kid hits the cover off the ball. He is a great infielder and a great hitter at the dish. And he proved it on Sunday, giving a big dinger to lead off the game and to put the door and shove it down Philadelphia's throat. A big 7-4 win. The Reds take 2 of 3 from Philadelphia. India, his 15th home run of the season. Tyler Stevenson homering for the Reds, his 9th of the season. Philly did not hit a home run. As Sims gets the win, he goes to 5 and 2 with a 5.12 ERA. No, the loss. He goes to 7 and 7 with a 4.48 ERA. For the Reds, it was Sonny Gray on the bump starting. He went 4 2 thirds innings pitch, 4 hits, 3 runs, all of which were earned, 3 walks, and 2 strikeouts. His ERA, a 4.47 ERA. And for India in the game, he had 5 at bats. He had 3 hits, 3 driven in. I mean, 1 driven in. Three runs in. He had one strikeout. A great outing for him. And like I said, it just serves him. Sims, uh, inning and a third pitch, giving up two, giving him two strikeouts. His ERA, a five point one two. Noel the loss. He went four and a third's inning pitch. Six hits, four runs, all of which were earned. Three walks, four strikeouts. And one home run, his ERA, a 4.46 ERA time of the game, 3 hours, 54 minutes, 28,544 in attendance at Citizens Bank Ballpark. The Reds win, this is their third series win at Citizens Bank Ballpark. The last series win that they had there, 2018. The previous win to that was 2007, and then when the ballpark was incepted in and five so their fourth series win at Citizens Bank Park. Then we get to last night. The Reds opened up a huge are opening up a huge series against the Cubs. 3 games against the Cubs, then 4 games against the Marlins. These games are so important for the Reds because the Padres are 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 slipping right now and the Reds are getting close to getting that second wild card spot and they're also close to the National League Central race to get to the front in the central. And I'll get to those standings here in just a second, but last night the Reds just put on a hitting clinic. 14 runs on the board on 14 hits, no errors, and Joey Votto cements himself with this 2000 hit as a Cincinnati Red last night, a base up the middle single. Gets him to first in the bottom of the seventh. A five-minute standing ovation. 2,000 career hits for the Reds in a big seventh inning that saw eight runs come across the plate. They had two runs in the fourth, two runs in the fifth, eight runs in the seventh, but they let the Cubs back into the game in the bottom and the top half of the eighth inning with five runs, but they answered back with two quick ones. From Barnhart, which is his seventh home run of the season, Jonathan India, us his 16th home run of the season, Asiel Akito, his eighth home run of the season, as Wade Miley giving up the big win and helping Votto getting to 2,000, the third milestone of charm, as Joey Votto hits two, reaches 2,000 hits as a Red. Miley, 10-4 with a 2.84 ERA, gets the win, steal the loss. He goes to 2-2 with a 3.22 ERA. For Miley, seven innings strong, four hits, no runs, none earned, one walk, seven strikeouts, his ERA, a 2.84. For the Cubs, a long list. It was steal the loss. He went four innings, five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, three walks, five strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Jonathan India. And I'll tell you this. The Cubs have got problems, more problems than you thought. You lose your three top hitters with Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant. Your bullpen is absolutely atrocious. Rucker, yesterday, two innings, four hits, six runs. All six were earned, two walks, four strikeouts. He gave up one home run. ERA now at 9.26. Winkler, an inning third pitch, two hits, four runs, three of which were earned three walks is this if you're a if you're a cub fan you have now hit the bottom you are hitting the bottom and you are you are just turning and spinning out at the bottom of the pool i'm just telling you cub fans just telling you like i see it but we'll see we shall see as the Cubs and the Reds get back into it tonight, 7-10. It will be Gutierrez on the bump for the Reds. He's 8-3 with a 3.95 ERA. It will be Hendricks on the bump, 13-5 with a 4.15 ERA. Wednesday's game, a 12:35 first pitch. The Cubs have not yet named the starter, but it will be Miley on the bump for the Reds. He's 10-3 with a 3.58 ERA, 12:35 first pitch for that one. Thursday will open up with the Marlins 7 10 start time at Great America Ballpark. It'll be Castillo on the bump 6 and 12 with a 4.51 ERA for that one. They'll play the Cubs for the final two times at Great America Ballpark for this road, this home, yeah, for the last time this year. Then they will play the Marlins for four. Then they will head to Milwaukee next week. Now, I will say this Monday's show will be a big show because we will preview this fixed series, Milwaukee versus Cincinnati, because this will be the last time the Cubs, not the Cubs, but the Reds will play the Brewers for the chance to get to first place. They'll play the Brewers for three, the 24th through the 26th, the Marlins the 27th, 28th, and 29th. Where they play the Cardinals for three straight the 30th, 31st, and the 1st of September. Before they welcome in the Tigers for Labor Day weekend on the 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Before they head to the north side of Chicago for the last time this year, the Battle of the Cubs, the 6th, 7th, and 8th. So we'll see how that's all going to shake up. And by the way, to make mention of this as well, the Announcement today from Major League Baseball is that next year's Field of Dreams game will feature the Reds versus the Cubs, and I'm looking forward to that. Probably not going to be able to make it to go to Dyersville, but it would be something on my bucket list I could check off. So let's hope we can make it happen. Hope we can make it happen. As you are listening to all the for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in to the show. Let's dive a little bit more into baseball, of course, and let's look at the MLB standings as well as the news and notes as well. So looking at some of the news and notes around Major League Baseball, of course, uh, the big news, of course, is that the Little League World Series game, by the way, make mention of this, make mention of this really quickly. Little League World Series game is this upcoming Sunday in Williamsport. It will be the Angels versus the Indians in Williamsport. And, uh, again, they have not yet named the pitching matchup for that, but the both teams are going to be wearing Little League uniforms featuring the region. So the Great Lakes region will be the Indians. and they, Those jerseys look very, very sharp. And the Angels will be wearing a gray jersey that says West on it. Looking forward to that. Um, Mike Trout has resumed on-field workouts. This is good, it's good to see Trouty. He'll be probably coming back maybe this upcoming weekend in in Cleveland. We'll see how that all shakes out, of course. Uh, uh, Anthony Rizzo was on the field performing conditioning and exercising this past week. on t- Yes, on today, on Tuesday. So... He was knocked out because of COVID, so he's got a good possibility of coming back. Uh, Andrew Vasquez grew up in Morris Park section of the Bronx. He will wear, he will be playing. In he played in Game One of the doubleheader today at Yankee Stadium, as he helped the Yankees propel and get a win in Game One of the series. Uh, so we'll see how that shapes up. By the way, games to look forward to this upcoming week on this the 17th of August 2021. Uh besides the Angels playing the Tigers this upcoming week, it is Boston is taking on the Yankees in a four games in 3 days. You have the Blue Jays are in Washington, the battle the Nationals. You also have the Rays are in Baltimore. I mean, the Rays are hosting Baltimore. Atlanta is in Miami to battle the Marlins. The Brewers are in St. Louis. That is a huge series if you're a Reds fan to watch. Of course, like I mentioned before, the Athletics are in are in the South Side to battle the White Sox. Padres are in Colorado. They are struggling as of late. Philadelphia is in Arizona. So looking at the standings going into today's play, we'll start with the American League Central. It is pretty much the White Sox division, they're 69-50. They're on the top spot. They've got the division pretty much wrapped up. The Tribe at 57-60, 11 games out. The Tigers 58-62, half games out of first place. So we'll see who's going to be on the top spot in the second place position towards the end of the season. Minnesota 53-66, 16 games out in Kansas City. 50 and 67, 18 games out of first place. In the American League East, it is the Tampa Bay Rays at 72 and 47, the top spot. Boston in second at 69 and 52, four games out of first place. The Yankees are 67 and 52, five games out of first place. Toronto 63 and 54, eight games out of first place. And Baltimore, the worst in the American League, at 38 and 79, 33 games out of first place. Houston. Is the top spot at the West. The Trash are 70 and 48 holding the top spot. Oakland two and a half games out of first place at 68 and 51. Seattle is 77.5 seven games out of first place at 63 and 56. The Angels 59 and 61, 12 games out of first place. And the Rangers are 42 and 76, 28 games out of first place. In the senior circuit, it is the Brewers in the top spot in the National League Central at 72 and 47. The Reds are in second spot at 65 and 55, seven and a half games out of first place. St. Louis is 61 and 56, ten games out of first place. The Cubs 52 and 69, 21 games out of first place. And Pittsburgh 42 and 77, 30 games out of first place in the National League East. It is the Atlanta Braves that are holding the top spot at 63 and 56. Philadelphia 61 and 57, a game and a half out of first place. The Mets are 59 and 59, three and a half games out. The Marlins 51-68, 12 games out of first place and the Washington Nationals at 50 and 68, 12 and a half games out of first place. They are 1 in 9 in their last 10. They have lost 7 straight. The Nationals have. And in the West it is the it is the Giants at 77-42, the Dodgers holding strong in the second spot at 73 and 46, four games out of first place. The Padres 67 and 54, 11 games out of first place. The Rockies are 53 and 66, 24 games out of first place. And Arizona 38 and 81, 39 games out of first place. So the worst team is the Arizona Diamondbacks at 38 and 81. So there's that for you right there. So let's look at the wild card. The top wild card race the leaders Tampa Bay, the White Sox and the Astros. So Tampa's the one seed, Houston would be the two seed, the White Sox would be the three seed. They would battle the wild card team are the Oakland Athletics at sixty eight and fifty one and the Boston Red Sox at sixty nine and fifty two. The Yankees are a game out of the wild card spot at sixty seven and fifty two. Toronto 63 and 54, four games out of a wild card spot. Seattle 63 and 56, five games out of a wild card spot. The Angels still there, 59 and 61, nine game, nine and a half games out of a wild card spot. The Tigers and the Indians are right there at ten games out of a wild card spot, at 57 and 60 for the Tribe and 58 and 62 for the Tigers. In the National League, this is the key one. The Giants would hold the number one seed. Milwaukee would be the two seed. Atlanta would be the three seed. The wild card race has the Dodgers at seven games above. The wild card race in the top spot at 73 and 46. The Padres are 67 and 54. The Reds are 65 and 55, a game and a half out of a wild card spot. Now, again, I say this again. The Reds are a game and a half out of a wild card spot. The Cardinals are sixty-one and fifty-six, four games out of a wild card spot. Philadelphia sixty-one and fifty-seven, four and a half games out of a wild card spot. And the Mets are fifty-nine and fifty-nine, six and a half games out of a wild card spot. So, like I said, the Reds are right there. The like I said, the division for the Reds right now—they are seven and a half games out of the out of first place in the division. With three games still left to play with Milwaukee. And they're a game and a half out of the wild card position from knocking out San Diego. Red leg Alfred is telling you this. The Reds could make it. And I would be surprised if they make a wild card. I think that's probably where the best best bet is going to go. I'm going to say the Reds could possibly make the wild card. If the Padres continue to fall like I'm thinking that they are, look out for the Red Lakes. I'm just saying, just saying. One game playoff against the Dodgers, if they can get into the Dodger bullpen, they can capitalize. The Dodger bullpen is not that great. Not that great this year. Just saying. Just saying. You're listening to all ADL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk a little minor league baseball. The Mudhens and a split in the state capitol. So the Mud Hens have returned home for 12 games in 14 days. They had a long road trip. As they went into Omaha as well as into Columbus this past week, as the MudHens split in Columbus in a big six-game in the six-game series, taking three of six. And we take a look at the recap for the MudHens ro- roundup on Tuesday. The MudHens are a winner, nine to four over Columbus. As Pinto the win? He goes to seven one with a four point two five ERA. Nelson the loss, he goes to zero one with a nine ERA. Brooks and Jones homering for the Clippers hit their 7th, and Jones' his 11th. Nunez homering for the Mudhens, his 20th of the season. We get to Wednesday, and Rodriguez gets the big win for the Mud Hens as they win 7-4 at Huntington Park. Rodriguez 2-0 with a 4.05 ERA. Mejia, the loss, he goes to 0-2 with a 6.48 ERA. De Palso, the save, his 4th of the season for the Mudhens. It was Seno his first, along with Kristen Stewart, his 18th, and Adeline Rodriguez, his twenty-first of the season. Chang, home run for the for the Clippers, his fourth of the season. Thursday's game was postponed. they they moved that game to Saturday as a doubleheader. So on Friday, the Mud Hens getting a big win, five-four. As Shore gets the win, he goes to three and two with a three-point-seven-four ERA. McCarthy, the loss, he goes to six and three with a four-point-seven-one ERA. Lester, home run for the Mud Hens, his first of the season. No home runs hit for the Clippers as Lang gets the save, his first of the season. Then we get to Saturday, a double dip making up from Thursday's game. In game one, the Mudhens fall to the Clippers 4-1. As Carleton gets the loss, he goes to 2-3 with a 3.30 ERA. Phil Meyer, the win, he goes to 2-5 with a 7.21 ERA. Dowdy, the save, his first of the season. Uh, Clemens, his 10th home run of the season for the Mudhens. Gonzalez, his fifth in game 1 of the seven game, seven inning matchup. Game 2 saw the Mud Hens unfortunately falling both games of the doubleheader as they lost 4 to 2 in game 2. Payo the loss. He goes to 2 and 4 with a 5.61 ERA, Moda the win. He goes to 1 and 1 with an 8.59 ERA. Ryan Lavarnway homering for the Clippers his ninth of the season as Jones his 6th and Kirsten Stewart Stewie his 19th of the season we get to Sunday could the Mud Hens win the series they could not they split the series three games apiece as the Clippers get a 8-7 win over the Mud Hens, as broom the win he goes to 2-1 with a 4.86 ERA Lutner Jr. the loss he goes to 5-2 with a 3.86 ERA Stephens the save his sixth of the season Clemens his 11th of the season uh, uh, Clemens, his 11th of the season. Alan Rodriguez, his 22nd. And Gonzalez for the Mudhens, his 14th of the season. LaVarneway, again, a big home run. His 10th of the year for the Clippers. And it was call his 9th for the Clippers. So, like I said, 12 games out of the next 14 are at 5th, 3rd field. This upcoming week, 6 games against the Indianapolis Indians. And the Mudhens have got firepower to say the least. As it was announced on Monday that Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, and Ryan Kordaier all get called up from Double-A Erie to now play with the Toledo Mudhens. A huge, a huge acquisition for the Tiger organization to see them call these big three guys Especially Torkelson, who is the number one prospect in all of major league baseball, is at the corner of Washington in Huron for the next six day for the next fourteen days. Possibly. Possibly, I'll say that. Because nine times out of ten, when they come to Toledo, they'll play a few games and then they are automatically sent right to Detroit for a couple at bats. Could that happen here? I don't see it. I, I, I think that they'll keep Torkelson and Green and Kadai there and Kreider there. Uh, Hinch has said it in a couple of interviews that they are going to keep these guys in Triple A. That's as far as they're going to go this year. And we'll see what happens during um, during uh, spring training if they will come ba- if they will go to uh, if they'll go and join the big club. Join the big club. So a big game tonight down at 425 Washington Boulevard. Get your tickets. A huge series, six games against the Indians, and then six games against the St. Paul Saints. And the first time St. Paul has come ever to 5th, 3rd field, the first time that these two teams have ever played each other is this upcoming week, next upcoming week. But like I said, six games against the Indians, it all starts tonight, 705 first pitch. It will be on the bump for the Mudhens on the Hill tonight. It will be uh Richard Pinto on the Hill. Era of a four point two five ERA. His record is seven and one with a four point two five ERA for the Indians in their pitching on their side of the thing. It will be Venu on the bump. He has got an ERA of a seven six point seven five. So that game seven o five down at Fifth Third Field. Wednesday's outing we'll see boy Josh Boyd on the hill. He has no record. He is making a rehab start for the Mud Hens. Uh, the Indians have not yet named a starter for their for their pitch pitcher on Wednesday. See here, by the I'm just researching it right now for you guys right here to see if I can pull it up quickly for you. See here. See here for you guys right here. Uh, Doesn't look like the starters have been announced yet. For that one but Boyd is on the bump for Toledo. It's Thursday's game we'll see Shore on the hill 3-2 and two with a 3.74. Panero will start Friday and then both teams have not yet named starters for Saturday and Sunday. Games to watch in the International League if you're watching it as you know as a Mudhen fan because of how close the standings are to watch here is some series to watch out for you in Triple A It'll be Iowa is in St. Paul. Gwinnett is in Louisville. Scranton is in and Worc- and Woodchester. Worc- uh, uh, Jacksonville is in Durham. That is a huge series right there. Lehigh Valley is in Rochester. You also have Columbus is in Omaha. Nashville is in Memphis as well. Going and... By the way, there was two game, one game, two games have been postponed tonight. Of course, Buffalo is would take on Syracuse. That game is going to be made up on the 18th, which is tomorrow. Norfolk is in Charlotte. That game has been postponed. So looking at the standings going into today's play, I say I, I'll say why it's huge. Omaha is 49 and 39. They're in the top spot. The Mudhens are 49 and 40. Half a game out of first place. St. Paul, 48 and 41, a game and a half out of first place. Indianapolis is 43 and 46, 6.5 games out of first place. They can make a run, folks. If they get if if Omaha and St. Paul lose, they can make a run. Columbus is 40-48, 9 games out of first place. The Iowa Cubs are 39-49, 10 games out of first place. And the Louisville Bats are 37-52, half games out of first place. In the in the International League Southeast bracket, I mentioned Durham and Jacksonville. That's a huge series because Durham is in the top spot at 57 and 32. Jacksonville is in second. The Fighting Shrimp are 51 and 39, six and a half games out of first place. Gwinnett is in the third spot, tied with Nashville at 50 and 40. Both teams seven and a half games out of first place. Memphis 41 and 49, sixteen and a half games out of first place. Norfolk 37 and 51. 19.5 games out of first place and Charlotte is 32 and 57 25 games out of first place in the in the International League Northeast Buffalo top spot at 54 and 33 the Rail Riders are 52 and 34 game and a half out of first place the Worcester Red Sox are 46 and 43 nine games out of first place Lehigh Valley is 41 and 46 13 games out of first place Rochester 34 and 51 19 games out of first place in the Syracuse Mets are 34 and 54, 20 and a half games out of first place. So get your tickets. This great talent. You cannot afford to miss it. Torkelson, Green, and Kreider. 705 first pitch tonight and all week. Get your tickets. 419-725 Hens or visit mudhens.com for ticket information. And then after this, they'll play six games against St. Paul, which will lead into the September season for the Mudhens. So there's that for you. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. And now, for the first time this year, let's talk a little NFL preseason football. Yes, NFL preseason football is back, folks. I'm ecstatic. Week one has come and gone. And it's the same damn Lions that we are seeing yet again. I, you know, this year, I don't have a lot of hope on the Lions. So, you no, know, I didn't have that much hope in the first preseason game this year. I'll just tell you straight up. I felt like the Lions, you know, could be competitive. And they were. They were completely competitive. You know, and the defense... There's a lot of questions. There is a lot of questions. You cannot give up big chunk plays. You can't. You cannot. You cannot give up big chunk plays to teams. And they're gonna make you pay for it. And you it proved it on Sun on on Friday night. First preseason game of the year. And the Lions welcomed in Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And by the way, I like Buffalo. Buffalo is one of my favorite teams besides the Browns and the AFC. I love Buffalo. I've been to Buffalo. I love the fans of Buffalo. They're fantastic. They are a fantastic group. They're hard fought. They're blue collar. They deserve a good football team just like how Cleveland is. And Cleveland and Buffalo are two teams that I am looking forward to for good things this upcoming year. Very good things coming up this year. The Lions are the Lions, folks. They're the LOL Lions again. A new quarterback, Jared Goff. You know, he went out for two series a good time. A good, good outing golf 7 for 9 for 56 yards that's decent the the receiving core I'm fine with Kennedy 4 catches 46 yards it's just the the run game has to be better Reynolds 6 carries 49 yards Williams, 9 carries, 15 yards. I mean, the backups. you know, you play the backups more than anything else. And blow was 5 for 6 for 76 yards. No touchdowns across the board. No touchdowns across the board. Except for Reynolds's 1-yard carry, his big carry got him a touchdown. Boyle, 8 for 15, 38 yards. The team as a total was 20 for 30 for 141 yards of passing. Buffalo, it was Mitchell Trubisky. He went one for two for 10 yards. Webb, 11 for 16, 90 yards, 1 TD. From Jake Fromm, 8 for 13, 65 yards. Singletary, 8 carries for 42 yards. The receiving core... Stevenson three catches fifty yards. Sweeney two catches thirty four yards. It was a game where everybody was getting their feet wet, and I understand that, and the coaching staff was getting getting back into the swing of things. I understand that, but the writing is on the wall again it's on the wall again this defense has got to be a lot better. It has to be a lot better, and taking away the big chunk yard plays that that they're giving up, especially if you're playing we're playing Aaron rodgers, especially if we're playing. Minnesota and now with how good Justin Fields is, I have to say the Bears are pretty decent. Okay, so we can't do that. Number two is the coaching. Okay, I know it's preseason. I, I I I know it's preseason, and I I I I just am asking this question. You run the clock down with a minute and change. And you kick a field goal to take the lead. To take the lead. To take
0: the, to take the lead. Okay? To take the lead. Why would you give Buffalo a minute 35
1: to drive down the field and kick their own field goal and give them 30 sec- Give us 30 seconds, okay? Give us 30 seconds. Okay? And then Buffalo then decides... The squib kick it. We recover it with 25 seconds to go at our own 40 yard line. Okay? They go out and they throw a run play. A run play. Okay?
0: I'm looking at it like and by the way, the Lions had two had two timeouts left. Throw the football towards the center. Get to the 40 or even the 35. Kick a field goal. Use the two timeouts. What did they do? They used a run play. Clock went down to 10 seconds, and the coaching staff ran on the field to shake hands. Are you kidding me? You're practicing. These games, I know the preseason doesn't matter, but coaching matters. And as a fan, you want to win a game. Especially in front of a full house. Are you bleeping kidding me? It's the same LOL Lions. Again. Again.
1: Next week is the NFL preview show. Two shows next week. <sighs> I'm going to say it right now. Four wins is a. Su- it, four wins. <sighs> Maybe five. That is not successful. They have to clean up too. They have to clean up. And they've got a, a better coach. I they have to. They absolutely have to. Because this is this is a joke. This is a damn joke. You j you, you just can't be this bad. Against the third, second, and third stringers of the Buffalo Bills, coaching cannot be this bad. Coaching cannot be this bad. It can't. It, it, it just can't. I, I I just I just don't know. I I, I just. I just am just, I'm as shocked as you are. You have time on the clock. You have timeouts to use. Why aren't you using them? Why didn't you use them? Why? why? Please, please answer me, Why? The Lions had 19 first downs, the Buffalo's 16. On third down, the Lions were 5 for 13, Buffalo 4 for 14. Lions 1 for 2 on fourth down, the Bills a perfect 2 for 2. They had 248 total yards of offense, 141 through the air, 107 on the ground. For the Bills, 114 through the ground, 145 through the air for 259. Nine penalties for 112 yards for Buffalo. Five penalties, 59 yards for the Lions. The Lions led the possession at 30 minutes and two seconds. The Bills, 29 58. So the Lions start 0 1 in preseason. On the other side of the lake, Trevor Lawrence debuts against the Browns. That's where we're going to start with. That's what we're gonna start with. The Browns get their first win in preseason. And no Baker. Not that none of the starters. They had Donovan Peoples Jones, had three catches for 26 yards. Uh Higgins, one catch, twelve yards. Swartzell, two catches, eleven yards, one T D. Davis. Four catches, 56 yards, one TD. On the ground, no Chubb, no Hunt. Taylor, six carries, 17 yards. It was Case Keenum, 12 for 17 for 115 yards, passing. Lauca, 19 for 27, 212 yards, two TDs in his outing with the Browns. For the Jags, Trevor Lawrence, six for 19, 71 yards, no touchdowns, No interceptions. He did cause a fumble. Gardner Minshew, 4 for 8, 47 yards, no TDs, one interception. Ballard, 13 for 16, 102 yards, one TD. Uh, Ogajobi, 8 carries for 24 yards. And the running game for the Jaguars. Hammond, 6 catches, 56 yards. Austin, four catches, 52 yards, one TD. Davis, one catch, seven yards, one TD. Overall stats. The Browns had 22 first downs to Jacksonville's 19. On third down, the Browns were 10 for 17, Jacksonville 7 for 15. On fourth down, the Browns were 1 for 2, the Jags were 1 for 2. Total plays, the Browns ran 71 plays, the Jags 65, the Total yards the Browns had 360 yards of total offense, 319 through the air, 41 on the ground. For the Jaguars, 302 yards of total offense, 256 through the air, 46 on the ground. Penalties three penalties, 26 yards for the Browns, seven penalties, 49 yards for the Jaguars. They had one interception thrown, which is Gardner Minshew. The possession arrow led towards the Browns at 33 minutes and eight seconds. The Jags 26 minutes and 52 seconds. So the Browns 1 and 0 in preseason. The Jaguars with Urban Meyer as the new head coach, he'll start 0 and 1. Other games in Week One of the preseason: Washington went into Pitts, went into New England and lose to the Patriots 22 to 13. Pittsburgh a big 24 to 16 win over the Eagles. The Titans beat up on the Falcons 23 to three. The Cardinals getting up on the Cowgirls, 19 to 16. It was the Bears with Justin Fields at the realm, winning over Miami by a score of 20 to 13. Fields 14 for 20 for 142 yards, one TD in his debut. Tua Tala Viola, 8 for 11, 99 yards, one interception in his game. That's the Bears' rally to beat the Dolphins. 20-13. Broncos a 33-6 win over the Vikings. It was the Saints losing to the Ravens 17-14. It was the Jets. The J-E-T-S sucks, suck sucks. Jets beating up on the G-Men 12-7 at MetLife Stadium. It was the Bengals a 19-14 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, the Bengals beat the Buccaneers in preseason. It's preseason. By the way, it was uh uh Schirmer, not Burroughs, starting for the Bengals. Which are that. Texans, a big 26-7 win over the Packers. The Chiefs, a 19-16 win over the 49ers, the Raiders beating up on the Seahawks 20-7, and the Chargers a 13-6 win over the Rams. And by the way, if you've seen some of the video that's been posted out there of of the fight that took place between the Chargers and Rams fans at SoFi Stadium. <sighs> to that woman who threw the Coke, you should be ashamed of yourself. Absolutely ashamed of yourself. And on Sunday, the Colts were a winner 21-18 over the Carolina Panthers. Week 2 will start Thursday as the Patriots go to the brotherly love of Philadelphia, the battle of the Eagles, 7-30 kickoff for that one. Friday sees the Chiefs. In Arizona, the battle of the Cardinals. The Bengals go into Washington to battle the football team at 8 o'clock. By the way, the Chiefs and Cardinals game, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Saturday, 1 o'clock on NFL Network. It will be the Bills going into Soldier Field to battle the Bears. The Jets are in Green Bay to battle the Packers. Dolphins and Falcons at 7 o'clock. It will also be the Ravens battling the Panthers. The Lions will head to the Steel City to battle the Steelers. 7.30 kickoff for that one. The Titans are in Tampa to battle the Buccaneers. The Battle of Texas between the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys will be on Saturday, 8 o'clock. It will be Indianapolis taking on Minnesota at 8 o'clock as well. The Raiders will head into L.A. to battle the Rams. 10 o'clock kickoff for that one. And in Seattle, 10 o'clock kickoff, we'll see the Broncos and the Seahawks. On Sunday, it will be the Chargers battling the 49ers' 730 kickoff for that one. But at 1 o'clock on Sunday, it will be the home start of the preseason for the Cleveland Browns as they take on the G-Men at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And then Monday Night Football will be a Monday Night Preseason game as the Jaguars take on the Saints. Like I mentioned before, we will have our special NFL preview edition this upcoming Thursday. We'll tape, we're going to tape it on Thursday. We'll have it for you available Friday The kickoff. your Friday football weekend as, as a lot of the high school school games will begin as well. So there is that for you right there on All Andy Elford. Of course, we got to make mention of this too. The top 25 rankings have been announced for college football. I'm looking forward to this. A big first week of college football. We're going to look into that here in just a second. But the top 25 are as follows. Alabama at number one. Oklahoma is at number two. Clemson is at three. You have Ohio State at four. Georgia at five. Texas A&M is at six. Iowa State is at number seven. At number eight is the Cincinnati Bearcats. At number nine is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Number 10 is North Carolina. 11 is Oregon. Wisconsin is 12, 13th is Florida, Miami, Florida is 14th, USC is 15th, LSU is 16th, uh, Indiana is 17th, Iowa is 18th, Penn State is 19th, Washington is 20th ranked, the Longhorns are 21st ranked, Coastal Carolina is ranked 22nd, uh, it will be Louisiana, uh, University of Louisiana is 23rd, Utah is 24th, and Arizona State is 25th. Teams that did not get enough votes to get to the top 25, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, TCU, Auburn, Michigan, and Northwestern to say the least. The coaches pull, it's pretty much a flip. Alabama at 1, Clemson at 2, Oklahoma's 3, Ohio State 4, Georgia 5, Texas A&M 6, Notre Dame 7, Iowa State 8. It will be North Carolina 9-5. Cincinnati at ten, Florida is at eleven, Oregon's at twelve, LSU is at thirteen, USC is at fourteen, Wisconsin's at fifteen, uh, Miami is at sixteen, Florida, Miami of Florida sixteen, Indiana seventeen, Iowa's eighteen, the Horns of Texas are nineteenth, Penn State is twenty, Washington is twenty first, Oklahoma State is twenty second, the Raging Cajuns are twenty third, Coastal Carolina is twenty fourth, and Ole Miss is 25th. Now, looking at it, here is the schedule for the first week of college football. It will all start on September 2nd. We will preview all the games the week of the tournament. The week of the Solheim Cup. It's a big week, of course, but we we don't want to bury the lead that college football will start Labor Day weekend. A huge weekend. So it will start on Thursday the 2nd. As Coastal Carolina will take on the Citadel 7 o'clock, first ki- uh, 7 o'clock kickoff, you'll have Weber State at 24-ranked Utah at 7.30 on the Pac-12 Network. On Fox Thursday, it'll be the 4th-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes heading into Minnesota to battle of the Golden Gophers. 10.30 kickoff will be Southern Utah and Arizona State, who is 25th-ranked in the country. On Friday night, it'll be North Carolina versus Virginia Tech, North Carolina. 10th ranked in the country. And here is the Saturday slate. Number two ranked Oklahoma will take on Tulane. That's a noon kickoff. Noon kickoff as well will be Penn State versus Wisconsin. Fresno State will, and Penn State and Wisconsin. Penn State 19th ranked, Wisconsin 12th ranked. So that's a big first round, first game matchup. Fresno State will take on 11th-ranked Oregon at 2 o'clock at 3.30 on ABC will be the Chick-fil-A kickoff game as 14th-ranked Miami-Florida battles number one-ranked Alabama, the Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, Alabama. 3.30 kickoff on ESPN Plus will be Miami of Ohio battling 8th-ranked Cincinnati. 17th-ranked Indiana will battle 18th-ranked Iowa. Northern Iowa will battle 7th-ranked Iowa State. That's a 4.30 kickoff for that one. At 4.30 on Fox, it will be 21th-ranked Texas hosting 23rd-ranked Louisiana. 5 o'clock kickoff will be San Jose State traveling to Southern Cal to battle the USC Trojans. At 7.30, this is the night game for you. It will be 3rd-ranked Georgia, 3rd-ranked Clemson battling 5th, ranked Georgia, 7.30 kickoff in the Duked Mayo Classic. There's that one for you. SEC Network will have 13th ranked Florida battling FAU. Kent State travels to 6th ranked Texas A&M for an 8 o'clock kickoff on ESPNU. It will also be Montana battling 20th ranked Washington at 8 o'clock Saturday, 8.30 kickoff. LSU travels all the way to UCLA for an 8.30 kickoff. Sunday, ABC, 7.30 as the ninth-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish will travel to Florida State to battle the Seminoles at 7.30. That's the top 25 games. Big Ten games, by the way, to make mention. It will start on August 28th. Saturday, August 28th, 1 o'clock kickoff, Nebraska in Illinois. And then, like I said, September 2nd, Rutgers will host Temple at 6.30 on Big Ten Network. Friday night, Michigan State travels to Northwestern to battle the Wildcats. Western Michigan on Saturday will head into the Big House to battle the Michigan Wolverines. Forehand will go into Nebraska, 12 o'clock kickoff, to battle the Cornhuskers' Huskers. Of Nebraska, 17th-ranked Indiana will battle 18th-ranked Iowa. 3.30 kickoff on Big Ten Network. West Virginia heads to Maryland to battle the Terps. 3.30 kickoff on ESPN. Oregon State heads to Purdue. 7 o'clock kickoff on FS1. And University of Tulsa at San Antonio will head to Illinois to battle the Illini on week one on September The four, so they'll have two games underneath their belt. By the way, Mid-American Conference for you. Mid-American Conference for you. Week one, we'll see Western Illinois going into Ball State. 7 o'clock kickoff on Thursday, September 2nd. September 2nd on ESPN3. Wagner will play Buffalo. We'll get to the other game that day. Friday, September 3rd, St. Francis of Pennsylvania will head to Ypsilanti to battle the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Central Michigan on Saturday will head to Missouri to battle the Missouri Tigers. Akron is in Auburn at 7 o'clock on the ESPN+. Plus. Syracuse travels to Ohio to battle the Bobcats. Toledo, the University of Toledo, will host Norfolk State. 7 o'clock kickoff on September the 4th. And then Northern Illinois will travel to Georgia Tech to battle the Yellow Jackets at 7.30. I made mention of this on on Thursday, the 2nd of September. A 8 p.m. kickoff in Rocky Top. It will be Tennessee taking on The University, uh, Bowling Green State University, yes, BGSU's kickoff to the 2021 season, sees them going to Rocky Top to battle the Volunteers. You all want my opinion on the Falcons. You're going to have to wait until next week when we talk about college football's preview. We'll talk. NFL preview this upcoming week. College football is next week. So there is that piece of evidence for you. There's that piece for you. So big times are coming on all Andy Alfred. We have the Solheim Cup. We have the start of football season, college and pro. And that all leads into the start of the NHL season. Got a lot to cover right here on All Andy Alford as you're listening to the show tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for tuning into the show. Now let's dive into what's happening on the ice. Talk a little Blue Jackets hockey as well as what's happening in the National Hockey League. So looking at the... NHL for you here tonight on all Andy Alford. Of course, you have some of the players. Some players still left. Of course, Adam Glendening signs with the Philadelphia Flyers. That is a big signing. Stefan Matos signs with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Daniel Czar is still available, as well as Mikhail Gregorenko, as well. Um, Zach Delphi signs with the Florida Panthers. By the way, Ryan Mc- McGinnis is still available. Cole sure with the product out of to, out of. Uh, Columbus has signed with the Ottawa Senators. Uh the Oilers have signed Hey uh, Hedman who could play with McKen- with McDavid on the first line some NHL news and knows of course uh, the Canadiens have also signed Hoffman and Savard after reaching the Stanley Cup final. Also got to make mention of this too the trade tracker uh, bank on the fir- 31st of of July uh Spencer Martin has signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for future considerations. Uh, the, light, the Red Wings have acquired Mitchell Stephens for the Lightning for exchange for a 2022 six-round draft pick. And like I said, Ryan Reeves signing with the Vegas Golden Knights was probably one of the biggest trade trackers so far for them. Uh, the Kings have added Deneau and Arvidsson to their forward group as well. Uh, the Devils have also signed... And help their defensemen with the Adams of uh, Dougie Hamilton and Adam Graves. That's going to help them out in the long term as well. The Jackets signing Oli Jan Borchachov home to an entry level contract. You also have the Jackets signing Soslav Solvan from the European League and the Czech Republic League. As also they signed Zach Ronaldo to a one year, two way contract. As well, so the Jackets signing up some big, some key players, you know, as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. Joe Thornton is now with the Florida Panthers. That is a big signing for the Panthers going forward as well. Got to make mention of this as well too. Walleye season tickets for the Toledo Walleye are now available, including the tickets for Winterfest. Opening night is against the Kalamazoo Wings at Huntington Center. Kalamazoo is now the NHL, ECHL affiliate of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So hopefully we get to see some Blue Jacket prospects with the Kalamazoo Wings. And by the way, Kalamazoo will be playing in the Winter Winter Fest games at 5th 3rd Field. They'll be the first game of the series. They'll play Kalamazoo and Indianapolis, that game the day after Christmas Day on the 26th. So tickets are available by calling 419-725-WALL or visit ToledoWalleye.com for ticket information. Uh, I like the opening weekend package, if you're going to get a package. You have Kalamazoo on opening night, and then the next night you have Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, the defending Kelly Cup champions. And by the way, i got to make mention of this. Congratulations to A.J. Jenks on a terrific career. He announced his retirement today. Congratulations to Jenks. I love you, and congratulations on a great career. Both the walleye as well as the Fort Wayne Comets. Hopefully, you either come back to Toledo to maybe help in with the walleye, or if you help out with Fort Wayne, it doesn't matter as long as we all continue, as long as you continue your hockey career on that note. Also, got to make mention of this that's we're getting closer to the end of the program tonight on All Andy Alford tonight. Uh, congratulations are in order to Team USA, and they took home the gold in the summer games in 2020 leading the gold rush as well as the medal count as they finished in the top spot so congratulations to all the athletes uh we look forward to seeing you in 2024 in Paris when the Olympics will get back into the swing of things in the summer games in Paris so I think Paris is gonna be good the overall feeling of the Olympics so I'll get to Andy Rant. We what I'll get to in Andy Rants in just a little bit, so there is that for you. Also, we are so looking forward to this. If you heard at the beginning of our show tonight the little intro that we had, of course, we are going to be giving you wall to wall coverage of the Solheim Cup twenty twenty one as Team USA will battle Team Europe at Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio. The Inverness Club hosted the LPGA restart last year when COVID took over. In the COVID restart, they came in, played Inverness, a lot of the players got a chance to see the see the course and you know, it was just it was so good to see you know that this tournament is still going to take place the tournament will take place august 31st through september 6th the competition rounds will be that saturday the second i mean not saturday the second but they will take place that saturday sunday and championship monday we will have wall-to-wall coverage of the tournament from the 31st when the gates open to the public all the way to the 6th of championship sunday so there is that for you. Team USA of the Solheim Cup. The teams for for the Solheim Cup are being finalized as we speak. But the course, there is going to be a big event on Thursday. We will be there. It will be the celebrity match to the event week, of course. Solheim Cup and BMW announced the creation of the BMW Celebrity Match during the week of the 2021 Solheim Cup. It will be the match will take place on Thursday, September 2nd at 2 p.m. at Inverness Club, with celebrities and players battling in, for the inaugural crown. The Celebrity Match will feature two teams teeing off at number 10 in a scramble format. Three-time L.P. three-time U.S. Solheim Cup team captain and 31-time L.P.G.A. Tour winner Julie Ingster and six-time U.S. team member and major champion Morgan Pressel will be among the participants, as well as Radio Hall of Fame host and former NFL defensive lineman Mike Golick. Yes, Mike from Mike and Mike in the Morning will be there. Will be one team. On another team, one of the teams will also be captained by none other than the multi-platinum selling and three-time Grammy award winner Darius Rucker. Yes. Hootie is coming to Toledo. So yes, the Soul in, he said the Soul Kind Cup is a precious event, a prestigious event that I always enjoy watching as a fan of great golf. I am honored to be on the same course as these talented players and cannot wait for some friendly competition in the Celebrity Match. Uh, the match is open to anyone attending the Solheim Cup on September 2nd. You can pitch, get the tickets at SolheimCupUSA.com with additional participation, participants to be announced in the coming weeks. Along with the Celebrity Match, the BMW has become the partner of the Solheim Cup as the official vehicle of the event. So there is that for you right there. Uh, the captain of USA will be Pat Ernst along with assistant captain Angela Stanford and Michelle Wee West will lead the best players from the United States as they look to reclaim the championship of the Solheim Cup on whole soil. Well, Europe will once again be held by the captain Cataline Matthew and vice captains Laura Davies, Kathleen Eamon, and Susan Penderson by her side. The Team USA and Team Europe teams will be all finalized following the 2021 AIG Women's Open, which is this weekend. So we will have the team set for you next weekend. We will look at all the players. And by the way, no Brooke Henderson, which I'm kind of upset about, but, you know, she's Canadian. So, yes, the tickets are available. Solheim Cup. It'll be SolheimCup.com for ticket information. And by the way, we'll go over the tickets for you right here. Daily grounds tickets for the practice rounds, which is Tuesday through Friday, are $45. On competition days, which are Saturday through Monday, tickets for the daily grounds are $75. The best ticket to get is the weekly grounds ticket. That will get you in from Tuesday Tuesday to Monday for $175. Which is, I think, a little steep in my opinion. But they are offering a few other things. Of course, the Meyer Pavilion. The Meyer Pavilion will offer our fans a 300-degree view of golf. From the pavilion, ticket holders will be able to watch golf from holes 4, 11, and 14 greens, 15 tee, as well as all hole, all the holes of 5, 5, and 12. The Meyer Pavilion will have open seating and climate control area with upgraded food and beverage options available for purchase, and the bands will be playing at the Pavilion Tuesday and Friday. Through Friday, they won't be playing during the weekend because they don't want to involve The pass includes access to the tournament grounds as well as the Meyer Pavilion hospitality venue all week, Tuesday through Monday. Only weekly passes are available. The ticket package for that, $385. Uh, kids 17 and under are admitted free to the grounds with a ticketed adult during the practice rounds Tuesday through Friday. There is an option for adding a, ju- a complimentary juniors ticket onto your ticket order. Uh, like I said, tickets for the daily competition Saturday, Sunday, and Monday are $20. So you can get the weekly pass for kids 17 and under for $50. They can get into the Meyer Pavilion for $100 as well. Of course, they have the Solheim. After Dark, which is going to be at Hensville Park on the 31st from 6 to 9. It's a kickoff. It'll be a $75 ticket for that one, which includes one drink ticket and a practice round ticket for Wednesday, the September 1st. The event will feature live music, live grilling, and live silent, and live auction with all the proceeds going to Danbury Chess. And, by the way, the opening ceremonies will be at Promenade Park. Tickets. I, I I just I think it's ridiculous in my part that they are gonna charge people to see the opening ceremonies for this. It should be a free ticketed event, um, because they have it ticketed because Gwen Stefani is the opening act for this. So there's that for you. Um, so yeah, there is all the Solheim Cup information for you. We will have coverage of the Solheim Cup right here on All India Elfers starting that Tuesday. We will do a show Tuesday, we will do the show Thursday, and then we will have shows every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Championship Monday, for that as uh, we give you coverage from the Marathon Classic and we will give you coverage of the Solingine Cup right here on All Andy Elford, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. We have come to the end of the program tonight and it's now time for Andy Rance. It is now time for Andy Rance, And by the way, I wanted to take mention of this. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We'll be doing shows now every week on Monday or Tuesday, as well as on Friday to get you set for the football Falcon Friday weekend ahead as BG football gets back into the swing of things. Of course, uh, we were going to play the uh, Scott Leffler interview, uh, Scott Leffler presser, um, but uh, fortunately we ran out of time for you tonight. We'll, get to, we'll give you that audio for you guys uh, next week's show. Of course, like I said, this upcoming Friday we will have a special edition of all Andy Alfred as we will be ready for you for the NFL. We'll do the NFL preview edition of the program You'll get my take on who I think will be lifting the Lombardi Trophy come this February and see where the Browns and the Lions will all shake out as well. Also, like mentioned before, we will have our show next Monday for all India. you. For programming note, we will have a show on Thursday. It will be a Thursday show next week. Next week will be a Thursday show, Monday and Thursday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, yours truly will be down, will be over in Oregon, Ohio, covering for the German-American Fest of 2021. And I am so looking forward to this big festival. Uh, hopefully that everybody stays healthy and stays safe for this big festival. It is the biggest festival, I think one of the best festivals, I think in all of Northwest Ohio and Southeastern Michigan, as well as I think in the state of Ohio. Uh, lots of great German food, beautiful German music, as well as, uh, of course, the German beer and a lot of great events. Uh, programming note: Like I said, we'll have our show taped for Thursday. We'll tape our show on Thursday, have it ready for you Thursday night for our Friday night, Friday for our Thursday edition for our first Falcon Friday edition next week as we get you set for the start of the football season. And by the way, good luck to all the high school teams going forward this upcoming weekend. So this is our last week of doing one show. We'll be doing two shows next week. I am so looking forward to it. I I really am. This is this is going to be a fun fun time as we get closer and closer to the start of, to to the Solheim Cup, the start of the NFL and college football season, as well as the start of the NHL, and of course my wedding. I am looking forward to it. So it's time for Andy Rants tonight, and we're going to start first and foremost with the Olympics. Now, we have come come to the end of the Olympics, and we had a... The, this year's Olympics has, was a lot different because of, of course, the year delay that we had. And I think this year's Olympics was honestly probably the worst Olympics I've ever seen covered in my entire life. Um, NBC really dropped the ball when it comes to their coverage of events with regarding the Olympics. I do like that they use some of the impact on Peacock when it comes to it. I did get a good chuckle and laugh with the Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg bit. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's pretty funny. But overall, they never really showed really much live events. Everything was pretty much taped. And if you, were, if you just had NBC, you were seeing majority of their programming was taped. If you had the cable network like I did, you had USA, uh, NBCSN, as well as CNBC, MSNBC, and, and Golf Channel, all had live coverage of events. And I enjoyed watching that. But if you're a, a person who has cut the cord when it comes to cable and satellite and everything like that, and you're just watching it off of rabbit. You're just watching the NBC feed. Then you're not getting all the access to it, and that really bothered me a little bit. You also had personalities that were just, you know, were just not the right fit when it comes to sports. You had you had guys that were in like running gear in the running and in the track and fields area that should not have been covering that. And I think NBC really dropped the ball when it comes to stuff like that now on the other on the other side of the spectrum you know it is great to see that team USA gets all the gold gets the big medal count win and it's just great to hear that China is fudging their numbers is just absolutely ridiculous it's an event that comes once every four years enjoy it and celebrate the athletes that have made it this far and you know and the athletes that are coming up too with the Paralympic Games. But you know, that is gonna be fantastic to see. You know, to see these events. And we're getting the another Summer Olympics in three years with Paris. So there's that. And then we're getting the Winter Olympics next year in Beijing. So it's gonna be fantastic. So I hope the NBC fixes their coverage on that. Now to the other to the other side of what the Olympics cover well, of course was the women's soccer thing. Of course, you heard my rant a few weeks ago about the, about the women's soccer team and how, how disappointing we are about them. Today, finding out the article that came out about Hope Solo basically calling Megan Rapino a bully, I'm telling you this as a friend, and I'm telling you this as a, as, as a sports colleague. This article is going to be so damaging to Megan Rapino. I absolutely agree with Hope Solo. Now, I was a big Hope Solo knocker a long time ago with her and the whole situation with the alcoholism and the the drunk driving and everything like that. You know, that was all in the past. For her to come out and say straight up that Megan Rapinoe is a bully because she would terrorize the players for not kneeling during the national anthem, that tells you how big of a hypocrite Megan Rapinoe is. She's supposed to be all for girl support girl athletes and everything like that when she is the biggest bully ever. She is. I don't understand why the Biden administration made her in charge of women's sports. She's not that great to be a bronze medalist. Yes, it is fantastic, but I, I I just don't like Megan Rapinoe. I don't like her. She's, she's, I don't hate her. I just don't like her as a player. She was never really good as a soccer player. And, you know, as a humanitarian, she's a good, she's a good person in some aspects. But when hearing this story from Hope Solo kind of just makes it full circle for me that, you know, Megan Rapinoe is not the right person for women's sports. So I hope that the Biden administration sees this article and makes a decision about it, you know, just makes it plain and simple. And the third thing is this, of course. We are seeing the news is what's happening and I don't want to make this all about a political show, but this is sad of what we're seeing coming out of Afghanistan and the and the whole situation with the Afghan government basically basically just folding upon itself and the Taliban taking over. I've never been in an agreement of Joe Biden and I, I I stand by with some of some of my colleagues. You know, I'm a Republican but I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, we got out of this war a little too quick, in my opinion. We shouldn't have given them the notice that we were leaving. We should have gradually taken them out. Gradually took them out, and then the Taliban surges and takes over. You know, I just feel bad for the veterans that have the PTSD that is living through all this pain. The the, the Gold Star families that are have people who have died to see this take place it just hurts me it just makes me feel makes me feel terrible it honestly makes me feel terrible so I pray for the people that are still in Afghanistan to be safe and to you know continue and try to be diplomats and be working citizens even though the government has failed you and the army has failed you. We as American citizens believe in you. So we hope, we hope the best for you. We really do. And I just feel bad for those Gold Star families and those soldiers that have come home and are facing the traumas just to see this all happen. It's just a, a complete mistake. An absolute complete mistake. And that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Alfred tonight. We will be back on Friday. A first Falcon Friday edition, of course, of all Andy Alfred as we get you set. For the NFL season with the NFL Preview Edition right here on the Anchor Network. So until Friday, this is Andy Alfred saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, Go Jackets! Go Reds. Go Tigers. Go Guardians and Tribe. And let's go Hens. Almost, almost burped there. <laughs> almost burped there. Let's go Hens. And let's go Falcons. And come on, Lions. Get the clock management right. And go Browns. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you on Friday. For our special NFL preview edition, right here on the Anchor Network. Until then, I love you guys. Talk to you guys later. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at allandyalfred. It is at allandyalfred, and on Facebook.com/slash/allandyalfred. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor.